You're listening to the Screaming Pods Network. We are the Sacred Collective. All are respected, all are heard, all are welcomed. Join us. Welcome to the Sacred Collective. Um, we're going to do roll call and we're going to get into it. I'm Brian. I'm Kayleen. Caleb. Amanda. That's it. That's it for tonight. Us four. Not, not was the end of the conversation. No, um, we are going to talk about gun violence and gun reform. And I know most of our listeners are from America, but for those who are not from America and maybe don't watch news or anything, but last weekend, I was sure, I think it was last weekend, we had two, unfortunately, two mass shootings. One in El Paso, Texas, and one in Dayton, Ohio. And they were not, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? Not by uh, immigrants, not by terrorists, well, domestic terrorists, but they were by white men who, for some apparent reason, hated immigrants, hated people who weren't like them, and so they went ballistic. And I think we're actually we're gonna have Kayleen and Amanda. You have two things you guys want to share, and then that'll probably open up for any thoughts or questions that we were gonna have. We want to be sensitive um, at how we phrase questions, I guess, and stuff. Just is such a hot button topic, but I think it's a question and topic that we need to explore. So, whoever wants to jump in. I will go ahead. Uh, So I was looking on Facebook today and saw something that my sister had shared. And uh, so I shared it on my page, too. It is something that uh, Trevor Noah said on The Daily Show. Um, It doesn't say what date, but obviously recently about about gun violence and, and gun laws and... You know, just a different wording and point of view than I heard before that I really agree with. So I'll pull it up. I'll read it here. People argue that we lose more lives to medical errors and car accidents than to gun violence. This argument fundamentally misses the human element of what people are fighting for in America, and that is trying. Medical errors happen, so they try to minimize them by implementing new laws and new systems. Car accidents happen, so to drive a car, you need a license. We ban dangerous cars, and if and we have random stops to check if you're drunk driving. Speed bumps. People try with speed bumps. They go, we don't know why people are going fast on this road, but we're going to put a bump here to make it harder to go fast. People argue that after 9-11, America didn't ban airplanes. Yeah, but they took care of that too. Too much saliva, and the TSA is like, too much liquid, go spit that out. Hmm. They try to make flying safer. As a flyer, I appreciate that. So we're not saying get rid of guns. We're saying try to minimize the chances of this happening. It's not about perfect. It's about trying to be more perfect. Hmm. And I personally am not completely against banning all guns. I'm not for let anyone have any gun that they want. 
I grew up with a cabinet full of guns right outside of my bedroom. My dad was a big hunter, so he had a big glass cabinet uh, that for a while used to be in the living room outside of my bedroom downstairs. And it probably had, you know, four or five, six rifles in it. He had a separate, that was locked. He had a separate locked drawer at the bottom that the bolts were in. I never once in my life knew where the keys were. And I didn't shoot a gun myself, you know, a rifle just at like tin cans until, you know, I was in my late 20s. But just learning a little bit of gun safety. Mm -hmm. And so growing up in central South Dakota... It wasn't uncommon sometimes to go to the grocery store and you see like a gun rack in in the back of the cab of someone's pickup and the rifle there because they were going out hunting later and their hunting dog, you know, in the back of the pickup. It wasn't uncommon, you know, for me to see that kind of stuff. It wasn't uncommon, you know, for someone to have a holster on, you know, if they had a permit and all that stuff. So I felt comfortable like around guns, but... The big thing with me is, and, you know, anyone correct me if I'm wrong or forgive me if I'm wrong with any terminology, but, like, I believe the right term is, like, the assault rifle. It's the one where it's firing off multiple rounds, or maybe it'll fire, like, 100 rounds before you even need to, you know, need to change it or anything. I don't see, civilian-wise, the need for, for anything like that. And I feel like any time you ask someone that... You know, say, well, it's my right, and I should be able to, you know, like, I'm a responsible American, I should be able to. I feel like people can't really give an answer as to why they need a weapon like that, unless they happen to say, well, if someone comes into my home, I need to protect it. So, I mean, obviously, people in the military, you know, like, while serving and things like that, yes, they have extensive training for things like that. I personally don't see why... Things like that are needed, but just to go back to what I read, I think it it really puts a good point of view because you're seeing people post things of, oh well, more people die because of this and of that, and almost making it seem like it's not as important or it, it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. as much. Which it does matter mm-hmm. if if there's if there's a shooting and. You know, a hundred people die, or you know, if if there's you know a car accident and one person dies, you know, both incidences matter. Mm-hmm. Both are people. Both are lives. Both you know have families, loved ones, communities, and you know, I don't think it's right when you see people, you know, trying to almost say like well at least it's not as many deaths as this or that yeah right i think the thing that bothers me the most is what america and and i want to reiterate too like amanda did i'm not against banning all because you if you want gun reform people think who are super pro guns and i'm not saying i'm pro or against guns but people who are so angry it's like get your hands off my gun it's like, no, we're not saying you can't have guns, that you can't hunt, you can't have them just to, like, go to the gun range and shoot them off. Like, no one has an issue with that. We have an issue, like what Amanda was saying, is these assault rifles or these AK-47s, guns that even some military people don't even use. Like, why do you personally need to have that in your arsenal like you don't? I mean, I think that's what we're talking about. Because, right. like, 
even with like Amanda, like Amanda's dad was and my father in law was a hunter. My uncle was a big time hunter. My dad grew up hunting when he was younger. And I know countless friends and family who are hunters, so I have no issue with that. I think what a lot of people like to go back to um, is to our Constitution, where we have all these amendments that will say certain things. And our Second Amendment right is what? The right to? Bear muskets. Oh, can I, can I just, yeah, yeah, see that? Yeah. Well, but, and I think what people forget is the right to bear arms. What You have to look in the context just a lot like when you read scripture. You can't just mm-hmm. take it out of context and say, oh, this is what it means to me. When they when those founding fathers or those people founded it, it was, what, 200 years ago? Yeah. That Over 200 years ago that they did that? Mm-hmm. You didn't have mass population like you do now. You didn't, you didn't have didn't, the military. You had like literally maybe that. two kinds of gun. You maybe had a pistol and you had one rifle. You don't have AK-47s. You don't... Define pistol. You know, even, well, yeah, even that. You know, once yeah. Or just like, just like a little six-shooter or something. You couldn't fire multiple rounds or multiple And And bullets. most of those like musket things, like you would shoot once... And, and you, you have to lean it, reload it, yeah. put the gunpowder in there, and, put and the- yeah. And so, I mean, to to shoot five times with one of those, you could go through five hundred, you know, rounds, and you know, with like a right or a shotgun. But we forget that we made um, like that. Uh, we've made certain amendments. We'll look at. Um, I think about prohibition to make prohibition illegal. For our alcohol illegal, they had to literally change our constitution. We had to put an amendment in there to say that alcohol was a hundred percent legal. And now that that whole thing failed, and what I think it was like four or five years, then they had to redo the amendment again. I think why our country is so afraid of touching the Second Amendment is we look back in our past. We look in our past and we see what the the second or the amendment. I think what was it? I forget what amendment that was. But I think our country doesn't want to go back there because it was such the battle for for that. Um, and the world was very different back then as well. Yeah, and it so. was, and that's this thing. Like we have to realize when people when the Constitution was written by the founding fathers and the the. Unfortunately, just the men who wrote it is it was over 200 years ago, and a document like that, just like any document, needs to be revised for the context and the culture that you live in. It was revised to amend itself to add the Second Amendment in the first place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want to let you two lead this discussion. I know that already I'm jumping in, but like I, I just want to say really quickly, kind of just riffing off Brian. I'll make it real quick. I promise. Even for myself, it'll be quick. Um, the, I I think this is, it's just all like nuance. Like when it's like, oh, this is written in stone. Oh, it says we can. It says we can bear arms. These white dudes wrote it down. We can bear arms. See, see, like they wrote it down. That's what it says. So now we can. No take backs. Yeah, no no take see backsies. But it's like no. What's great? Yeah, right. But it kind of comes back to like you said, Brian. I'm right. glad that you alluded to like scripture. It's like the intent. What's the intent here? The intent is freedom. Okay, sounds good. Um, but hey, guess what? Now there's, it's like you, you have the right to walk around, to let your children walk freely down the street all the time. Oh, that sounds great. 
But then, like, three years later, there's Godzilla stomping around outside. Maybe we should make a law that, like, kids can't walk around near Godzilla's feet. Or, like, maybe we could even get rid of Godzilla or, like, put him in a cage or something. You know, it's like, it's just... Reptiles can walk freely and your kids can play with them. Oh, but guess what? Now there's Godzilla. So, like, how do we... Maybe we need to reassess the situation. Does that make any sense? I like how you do with your metaphors. You go, like, to Godzilla and last week you... Don't bring that one up. (laughs) I'm not. I was just saying, like... Oh, you're talking about the yawning thing. Yeah. Okay. That was actually fully unrelated to the whole conversation. Well, and I feel like a lot of times you also hear the argument, well, if you make certain guns illegal mm-hmm. then you know people if they have that intent if it's a school a mall a movie theater someone's own you know private residence you know that they're going in there if they have that intent to harm mm-hmm. and even yeah. kill people yes people are going to find other ways but right now what you're seeing most of the time is some of these weapons and yeah. i mean you even see you know, with how many schools that there are kids, probably even preschool age, there's a classroom the school year Ava and I take, uh, you know, for like birth to five years old and like the parents that we take one day a week. And it's at the local elementary school. And inside laminated taped on the door of every classroom is lockdown procedures if you have things oh, wow, like yeah. that. So, I mean, even looking at that where... And when kids are learning to read, you know, when they're in kindergarten, they're able to read and they're needing to learn these things. They're needing to needing to already learn that there are some people who don't know who they are, that they didn't do anything to, that no one in that building did anything to that could come and harm them. And we and I mean, I'm sure we all agree as kids, if we were ever scared of something, you know, a monster under the bed, under the closet, bad dream. And our parents like. There are no monsters, you know. It's just pretend it's not real. Mm. And yes, there aren't those kind of monsters, but we're having to teach our kids now. There are monsters out there. They're real. And especially with having a kid now, having to tell my kids someday or having them have to realize themselves, there are these monsters out there. And mom and dad can't always protect me because they might not always know. Yeah. And... And, I mean, that's just a scary thing that you see at so many schools, you know, with these with these innocent children. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, I mean, yes, I'm definitely for, you know, people having to have, like, a background check and application and, and all that stuff um, for, like, a background check and application and everything, you know, to, to get a weapon and making sure people's mental health is in a good state to be able to get a weapon. That's a big one. And I don't understand why there's people against it that were like, well, why should I have to do this? Like, I'm I'm a law-abiding citizen. I I know how to properly use a gun. I've, like, took training. Why should I have to do all this stuff? Well, even if you say you're a good driver, everyone still has to get a driver's license. You know, if you're... If you're, say, 24 years old, but you might look young, or even if you're under 30, you go out and buy beer mm-hmm. or hard liquor, you're going to have to show your ID, even if you tell the cashier, well, I've never gotten drunk, only a little buzz in my life. I've never drunk, been drinking and driving, so why should I have to do this? Why yeah. should I have to show my, my ID? And I feel like... 
a lot of people just see it as you're you're trying to take away my guns. What are you going to take away next? And say, well, these countries took away people's guns, and now they're banning the things that they can say online. And where are we going to go next? And right. the whole slippery slope argument. And it when it comes down to it, most people, obviously the people who are committing these acts, you know, not, but most people want the same thing. They want to be able to go to a movie, to go shopping. They want to be able to send their kids to school, you know, their babies, and know that they're safe and not be worried every day that, you know, if they hear something about a school shooting, have to worry right away, is it my kid's school? Is it my kid that's going to come out in a body bag? Or is my kid coming home to me? I feel like most people are on the same page. They they don't want those kind of things to happen, and it's just the disagreeing about how to get there. Mm, um, yeah, I think both sides. If you look on people on extreme sides, of people saying ban all guns, people saying you know don't take away any mm-hmm. guns or loosen you know uh, gun restrictions, right? Which is actually happening right now too, right? Yeah, like if you look at like even extreme ends, you know people people need to look and realize. Hey, it's not about us. It's not about whether our side wins or loses or what are we winning and losing. It's like you're not losing lives. That's what you're winning. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like people, a lot of people don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I did not grow up in a family where people were hunting or anything like that. I grew up in a family where people did hunt and then there was a hunting accident and one of my relatives was killed and so nobody hunts anymore because wow. of that. So like And you also grew up I, in the city. I grew up yep, I, I, grew I grew up, up in the city as well. That is true. Small town, literally the prairie. Yeah. Because mm. yeah, you know, South Dakota. So, was it a little house? So little house medium house on the prairie. <laughs> but my you know, my but my my dad's you know, my my grandpa had a gun, like I don't know if my mom's family did. I, I don't know. Guns weren't prominent in my life, but I also grew up in the city. And I grew up in in a family where somebody in our family had died because of a hunting accident. And so most of the the people... So it directly affected your family. You know, so a lot of people in our... But I still have cousins and stuff that are gung-ho, potentially, you know, gun people. I don't know. I don't... You know what? It's... To me... I'm not against have people having guns. That's not the point. But nobody needs an AK-47. That's just right. not necessary. It's not needed. And those are the guns that are killing all the people in all of... Those are the guns that are actually being used in all of these shootings. Right. That's why there's so many people that are dying in these mass shootings. Mm-hmm. Because the person that is... And They're able to fire multiple rounds and, without In a stopping. very quick fashion. And mm-hmm. there is no need right. for a civilian to have that kind of a gun. There is no hunting need for it. There, There is a killing. That's what those guns are designed for. They are designed to kill. Unless you have Godzilla chasing after yeah. you, there is no need for it. <laughs> it's interesting to me, Kayleen, that you said that, uh, that your family had a hunting accident, and so their response was to reform their gun policies. It's like, so they're, so they're no longer... It just, you, you said it as just like a, an anecdote, just a throwaway story. Like, yeah. so my family had an accident, not even like somebody murdered somebody, hatefully. But like, there was an accident, and someone died who we loved. And so then we said, hey, maybe, yeah, hunting's not evil, but like, hey, maybe let's not do this anymore because a really bad thing happened. Right. So it's just like, that's like the most simple breakdown of the logic here that exactly. I feel like it's kind of 
Exactly. So I, and that's a huge part of the reason why hunting was not a very big part uh-huh. of my family's. I feel like if someone has a gun in their home, whether it's a pistol, a rifle, you know, whatever, that they pass background check, their mental health, you know, is, you know, in a good place where, you know, they're fine to, to own a weapon like that. I feel like everyone in their household should be mm. other adults and, you know, yeah, other adults should be required to get some kind of, like, permit. Mm-hmm. And everyone, even yeah. the children, should know firearm safety. Yeah. Like, I feel like we're not, but I feel like if we were a home where we had a permit to have, like, a gun in our home, if we ever did that, we would teach Ava early on. She's two years old. We would teach her... This is something that you don't touch, but this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And then you have to be real with your kids and feel comfortable enough telling them, you know, if they're preschool age or whatever, that they have that for their safety. If someone breaks into their home or whatever reason you have it, you need to be able to be open to telling your kids that. Because also, not even mass shootings, how many times do you hear about a kid and his friend come over to play in oh there out yeah, in the garage or the basement and, and they, they find they, a dad's pistol and, they and they were still, you know, around in the chamber and they think it's fun or cool, you know, cause whether, whether they're acting like, you know, someone they saw in the movies, mm-hmm. like an action movie right. or they're like, I want to be a police officer or I want to be, I want to be whoever. Uh-huh. And, you know, you have these accidents and it's not that there was any ill intent from, right. you know, the adult who owned it. But yeah, or the kid who. Yeah. Or, or it. the kid who misused it. There's not any the ill intent for any sibling. of that. There's a lot of stories of, yeah. of kids accidentally shooting their sibling. Mm-hmm. Like so many stories yeah. and how that really impacts mm-hmm. everybody. And I feel like the argument. Oh, well, the, the parents should have taught them proper gun safety. Okay, sure, yeah, they should have. Um, and maybe they did, and maybe this still happened. But, like, that's kids, not what we're even talking yeah, about. Yeah, well, and kids will be kids. Like, stuff, they find right. stuff. Yeah. People want, could learn how to properly drive and drive in different weather, you know, but doesn't mean accidents. that there's not going to be an accident mm-hmm. on a rainy day or a snowy right. day or anything like that. Or even and, on and a day could, like today when it's could, really nice out. Yeah, right. I sure. passed a really horrible accident on my way here. Mm-hmm. Right. It was really bad. Yeah. And I and I mean yes, there are there is the argument that you hear people say that guns don't kill, kill people, people, people kill, kill people, people, which it's like guns yeah, do kill people. But it's though, like the thing. But it's like the mm-hmm. that is the intent of the person to kill the person and the gun is what they're using. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't say, well, if some cars kill people, are you gonna ban all cars? Right. Well cars intent purpose is not it's not made to harm someone is yeah. made to get from one place to another. A gun is not is not made to possibly order you pizza or clean your house. You know, its only purpose is to do some kind of harm or damage, whether it's a person, whether you're hunting, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, a tin can, right. you know, or whatever. Its intent it is, is destructive. Is a destructive. Yeah. And so, yeah, when people use the argument, well, what about cars and even if you're not drinking and driving and, you know, there's just an accident or you're speeding or whatever and, you know, trying to use that. Mm. And I just feel like a lot of it 
is the rut in people's attitudes that I, I always look at America, if you look at all the countries of the world as like a family, especially for the age of America compared to other countries, America's oh, yeah. like the teenager who thinks that mm-hmm. they're invincible, they can do whatever like they want, want, they're never wrong, and then you have, you know, Italy and Germany and, you know, all these other countries kind of looking at us like, oh, just wait, they'll yeah. learn, like, oh, uh-huh. you remember when we went through that phase? Right. Oh, that was, that was a lifetime uh-huh. ago, and... I've heard I like that. I've yeah. heard before uh America is the hot girl in high school. So it's like right now right now like she thinks she's hot shit and everyone's like And everything's about me. Every, yep, mm-hmm. The world revolves around me. Right. Yeah. No offense to hot high schoolers or hot pre high school pre hot pre high schooler. <laughs> people who used to be hot in high school or people who are currently hot in high school, but it's a it's a fun little comparison. Digging a hole. Digging a hole. You want to dig in a hole. Um, sure. Oh, what? What is it? Our daughter's Ava's playing, with, playing the table. with the table. Oh, um, Ava, can you stop that, please? Sometimes I feel like our culture is stuck in like the Wild West, where we see mm-hmm. these movies. And I'm not. I love Western movies. My dad grew up as a huge Western fan. He, you know, I grew up watching John Wayne movies with him, and and then Clint Eastwood movies. And those those were always fun, but I feel like in our culture, we look at these movies in the Wild West, and they're like in the 1700s, 1800s, or whatever, and then we feel like we need that power. We need these kind of guns to protect ourselves, and that's actually ridiculous. And what people don't know in this culture, in America, and I've talked to police people, I remember in high school, one of our... Or one of our teachers, their husband was a uh, St. Paul police officer. They came in. Uh, I and I had some sort of training. I forget for what job, but we had we had talked with another St. Paul police officer that in America. So, if someone breaks into your house, wherever you live, if you so if someone Caleb came into your house. Uh-huh. Broke in. It's your property, and you had a gun. Yeah. And you were like, "Oh hell no! You're breaking in. This Whatever. Is a this is a private resident, and you shoot them. They have it within their in their rights as a citizen to sue you, even though what they were doing was illegal. Yeah. They broke into your house, which is uh-huh. illegal, but the in courts now they can say, "Oh you." You um, went too far above and beyond what you were supposed to do. Yeah. So even the laws with that is people are like, well, I have guns to protect myself or to, pre- to protect my family. Oh, okay. But if somebody came into your house, one of these people who had a gun for protection, quote unquote, but if someone came into your house and tried to steal your property or you know kidnap your kids or something and you shot them, and like shot him in the leg or whatever, they can turn around and sue you. And a lot of times they win because you what they'll look at the crime and say, them breaking into your house is less of a crime than you shooting them. Yeah. And I that's it's so I don't know how it all fits together, but it's just like when people say, I have guns for protection, I live in a bad neighborhood, or I live in the middle of nowhere, and if someone comes 
to my house and breaks in, the cops aren't going to be here for a number of minutes. I feel like that doesn't really hold water because in our society, you can get sued, you can get in trouble for even protecting your own residency with the use of force, meaning... And, and, and I think most people are like, oh, well, that means, like, I can shoot them. And people are like, no, more with force means if they break in, you can punch them, you can, like, hit them over the head, you can do something, not actually shoot them. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky, man. It, it really is. Because I've seen... I feel like I've seen the logic on both sides of this. Uh, being raised in Kentucky and in a very... in a very, uh, I don't know, I guess kind of gun-positive family and environment. Like, uh, I have multiple uncles who served, and my father was in the military, and I grew up shooting guns, and um, I got all the rhetoric. And from the age, honestly, this might surprise you guys, from the age of, I think, 20 to 26, I used to sleep with... Uh, a loaded shotgun by my bed. Uh, this is also when I was a libertarian. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. And so the arguments that at that point in time made sense to me and that I I argued for were... Number one was, was if the government has guns, the people have to have guns. So it's like this whole thing of like, well, if we give all of the, the chips, you know, or all of, all of the power in play to the government then that's that can be you know toxic and dangerous and the people have you know, it, this country was built on revolution so we have to have the capacity and the means for revolution in the future and if it's just one sided but then you can break that down and be like well if they have nukes then we should have nukes you know what i mean it's it, it is it is an endless they talk about a slippery slope argument like that's yeah. a slippery slope and then also the whole thing of um that whole, like Amanda was saying, the argument of like, well, if cars, you know, cars kill people, then what are we going to do? Get rid of cars? It's like, this is, this isn't that simple. This isn't such, an, like, uh, honestly, nowadays, if the way that I see it, how I stand, and I'm sure I could be convinced otherwise. I'm not saying that this is the absolute truth, but how I stand right now is I just wish that the things didn't exist. I just wish that it was, that it wasn't even an option. I mean, and I feel like if a lot of people had the option, they would just push a button to get rid of, of nuclear uh, weapons, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. Uh, atomic warfare or, you know, chemical warfare and things like that. And just to me, the, the simplest, I'm not saying that there's not any flaws in this idea, but to me, the simplest solution would just be like, poof, nobody has them. Nobody, nobody has even thought of them. Not saying take them all away because guess what? Black, that's what a black market is. That's why that mm-hmm. thrives. That's, that's supply and demand. That makes it more, it almost fetishizes the object of a gun if they're illegal. Well, and if you also look back, there are mass shootings and school shootings all the way back till, I don't know if I'm getting the years right, if it's 18-something or whatever years, like that you see somewhere, you know, there's mass shootings. There's one, um, I don't remember, it's probably not helping much, I don't remember the year, um, but I believe it was maybe 18-something, and it was a Native American school. Mm. And there were a lot of children, you know, that were killed. So, I mean, we also need to acknowledge that even though right now these, like, assault rifles that are being used in these mass shootings, that it's not just since the creation of assault rifles that, 
that these have been happening. So it does show with the argument that, yes, if people want to commit these acts, if they don't have the tools necessary for it or certain ones are banned or just weren't created yet, they're going to find a way. Right, right. You know, they're going to find a way to do it. So, I mean, which just kind of shows more of, you know, people's intent. Like, I read something online that was... um, that was in, you know, a Facebook group, and um, a mom had wrote that their child isn't in school yet. They're probably about, like, two or three years old. But the school um, in their district that their child will attend, that there was a shooting at that school, and it wasn't someone coming in to the school with that intent. It was hmm. a parent who, I don't know, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt that they had a permit and license to conceal and carry that they pulled out a gun on another parent. I don't remember for sure if they actually shot them or not because they cut them off in the parking lot. Oh, my God. Of the school? Yeah, of an elementary school because one parent cut off the other parent into the parking lot, and the parent that was cut off got mad, flew off the handle, and pulled a gun on them. Oh, my Lord. And so, I mean, it's just showing, yes, it's not the weapon itself. So I do see both sides when Mm. people say, well, have these types of weapons banned, you know, for civilians, you know, it shouldn't be necessary at all. Yeah. Well, I'm just looking up at the University of Texas Mm. tower shooting in 1966. Mm -hmm. I think that was one of the first ones in the 20th century anyways. Yeah. But I don't, but I'm sure that... that's the only thing I could find out. Yeah, I tried to do a search last night, and didn't work I don't know if I was using the right words because yeah, I didn't I know, find cause, anything cause earlier than nineteen something. Yeah, well, and because they always say that the, that that shooting at the school in Texas in nineteen sixty six mm-hmm. is one of the first mass yeah. shootings at a school. Well, and I feel the like US the one went. I think I feel like the one I'm thinking of was probably. You know, pre seventeen seventy six because it was probably before America became a nation, so it wasn't okay. technically. Sure. I feel like maybe that that was what I had read. So, if anyone's listening, I mean, I'll research it myself later. Mm-hmm. If anyone's listening and knows yeah. more details, if you want to, you know, comment on social are, media just to give us more information yeah. or correct me, correct us where we're wrong, you know, go right ahead. But Those but yeah, I feel like important to know. I feel like. Yes, you can say, well, we shouldn't have these type of weapons because these are what's being used. But then you also have other kinds of weapons. You know, growing up as a kid, a big thing, the Oklahoma City bombing. It's like, yes, that wasn't an assault rifle. You know, you have... And and he used... He made a homemade bomb, too. It was like stuff that he bought from the store, you know? Right. Like fertilizer or something. It was a fertilizer bomb. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, look at... Do you see what it did to the building? I mean, my gosh. And so I think it's just... A lot of it is just, you know, people's intent and thinking. Just kind of like this me, me, me. Where if something is not to your liking, if someone does you wrong, if you had a bad experience and you feel like you have every right to be pissed off, it's like, I'm sure everyone in this room and everyone's listening has had bad experiences, bad things that have happened to them, losing loved ones, other things like that. I know I have stuff like that, and I don't go around thinking that because all this bad stuff happened to me, I have every right to, you know, get anger out any way I please. Mm Because it doesn't matter what laws say or not. It's like, that's another human being. Yeah. You know, you just you just don't do that. And I feel a lot with our political climate. Yes, people can blame Trump and say, yes, there's more school shootings than before. 
I don't know if this is a true stat, but if people say this, that there's more school shootings or mass shootings than with Obama or Clinton or Bush or whoever, or more in like a smaller period of time, yes, a lot of things that are either implied or outright said, you know, by him may give people, make people feel like there's a right, like, well, if the person in power, you know, in our country, if our president says it, then, you know, I get a free pass. It's mm. okay. But that doesn't mean that we can all put the blame, no matter how much people dislike him or people who do like him at all. Yes, there is some blame mm-hmm. because it's someone in leadership, just like every other person. Like, I loved Obama. But yes, there are some things to blame when you are in leadership. You're always going to have some things to blame that falls on your shoulders. But it's not something that all these mass shootings came out just because of Trump. So people saying that, you know, you're just trying to hide, you know, behind the fact and it doesn't have anything to do with, well, what color skin were they? Were they, you know, what religion were they? Were they rich? Were they poor? You know, all this stuff. It's like there's... A deeper issue. We obviously don't have the answers for it, but maybe we do have the answers. I mean, if you look just alone in our country, I would bet to say we have the resources to end hunger and homelessness, and we don't do it. So, for this, you know, gun issue Money. and mass shootings, we may somewhere we may have the answer for this. But people just don't want to do it because it's too much work. It's too much controversy. Or maybe we don't. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's interesting. I was reading an article on MSN that I sent to Brian, actually, about, um, you know, people a lot of times blame the, like, the mental health Mm -hmm. community, like the people who have mental illnesses or whatever. and. It's actually not true. Right. The people that are doing these mass shootings are not... There are a lot of not, people with mental health issues that... But they're not... You know, that the, might own a gun, yeah. but they don't go and do the stuff, or they don't own a gun yeah. because they don't want to put themselves in that situation. But then that gives a bad view to people whose mental health isn't, you know, perfectly in check, right. which... Whose mental health is perfectly in check? Yeah. I mean... Well, and I, and I think that... We need to look at the deeper issues. If you look at the three people that did those shootings that are that just happened, mm-hmm. what's their deal? Why did they do it? And what was the culture that prompted them to do that? Right. Because it seems like that is the culture that is prompting a lot of these mass shootings. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, right? but there's a significant amount of those kinds of reasoning. Mm-hmm. That is making that that is allowing this to happen mm-hmm. for whatever reason, and right. I don't know why. Yeah, that it's happening because I, you know, but you know, you read stories about how people are afraid to go to Walmart. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and then you hear about how upset people are when the president comes to visit them, and how the rhetoric made it worse. It's like, what do we do? How can we? Yeah. How can we work with them? Right. I will say. As a pre- just as a preface, not as a, as the point, but just as a preface, I will say I do think that Donald Trump is a massive problem. Period. But I do not in any way think he is the problem with like this is this has been cooking on the stove for a long time. 
Like this yeah, this gun problem, you know, before when when Trump was just well before he was even just the corny host of The Apprentice or like some, you know, reality star or whatever. Like this has been a big freaking problem, you know, apart from pol- and I guess politics is usually the means that we try to approach problems like this, and so that's relevant to the conversation. But political allegiances aside, this is a massive problem. And I know, like, you guys know the comic Jim Jeffries? Australian stand-up? But he has a bit where he talks about how... I wish I knew the exact uh, historical I know, facts I know what you're talking but about. Yeah, he talking about Australia had a mass, a mass shooting, you know. Uh, oh, it was like a gun the, shooting. The, the, the one yeah. at the... That was aimed at Muslims, right? Wasn't it? Was it? At, wasn't it at a mosque or something? I think it was either a mosque or a school. I I should know, but I, I did not. I, I, I'm ashamed but it took that I don't one. Know. But yeah, he said it, it took one. They had that one instance, and then they immediately reformed. And that reminds me of your story, Kayleen, about your family. Yeah. There was one hunting accident, yeah. and they didn't say, "Oh, well, let's tweak this or that." They just said, "Hey, you know." And I'm not saying that this is the solution, but they just said, "Hey, let's just like totally revamp our whole approach here." Not saying this is evil or this is scary or this is like to be fully avoided at any cost. Just saying, hey, we need to approach how we see this. I was in high school when Columbine happened. I was too. And it, you know, it was a scary thing. But and it was interesting because I went to school in the inner city. There were some shootings, you know, like when I was a freshman, there was a shooting at homecoming. It's not like it didn't happen, but it was no. <laughs> it was mostly gang related, like rival gangs were mad at each other. Oh, wow. It didn't have anything to do with like... At your homecoming? Yes. Wow. There was. There was. Yeah. Luckily I wasn't there but there, you know, like it was it it was localized. It wasn't right. just some guy coming into school and shooting up everybody and trying to set off bombs. I mean those two set off there would have been more people that there. I mean if you watch the documentary there were more people that should have died but because the bombs didn't go off they didn't die. Mm. Like there was not as like it was bad, but I don't know. It's interesting because if you want to watch something about how a community has responded to mass shootings, a lot of the documentaries that are coming out about Columbine 20 years later are very informative about how that community in particular has responded to Mm. that shooting and how Hmm. they have been trying to move past it for the last 20 years even though it keeps happening yeah and then how the the, the people that have were involved in those shootings also have been trying to mentor the new you know the kids like from parkland or from some of the other places that have had some of those same shootings mm. let me throw this out here yeah i've been pretty quiet um probably why i've been quiet is this topic is important but it's so mentally and emotionally exhausting because we know it's something that should not happen in our culture. And it is. And my friend sent me this. It wasn't a meme. It was from Twitter. And because I had posted something on Facebook about these shootings and how my heart hurts for it and for all the families and people involved. And it went through like all the these like bigger kind of in essence first or second world countries, and it said mass shootings zero 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 
and you get down to America, and it says 250. I know. It's crazy. I saw that same thing. And you're just like, it's what I've said before. Our country's like in the Wild West. It's, I'm a firm believer that we as Americans, we as religious people, I'm not just going to say Christians, but religious people and and even non-religious people, we can change laws and and regulations, but we're just so apathetic. We're just so blah about it because most people will tell you if it does not affect me or my family or the people I care about, then that's how most human beings are. If something happened to you, Caleb, mm. I'm gonna care. But if it happened to my like neighbor, like eight houses down that I don't know their name, mm. you're gonna be like, "Oh, thoughts and prayers and stairs," but you're gonna be like, "Oh, thank God that wasn't me." Yeah. And that's a terrible attitude to have, whether you're religious or not. You should just be, as in a human being to a human being, you something terrible happened to you. My heart hurts for you. Let me come in solidarity. I think it comes down to we as Americans don't want to reform. Our politicians don't want to reform. Our uh, and that's from every level, from the president to our senators to our congresspeople to our local people. You know here, because state states and city by city and town by town could change laws if they wanted to. It's in their right, but we don't want to mm-hmm. because. For whatever reason, no one wants to, you know, jump jump down that slippery slope. But until we actually get to that mindset, you're going to continue to see gun violence happening. And yes, you people could say, Brian, Brian, it's it's evil people, it's people who are mentally ill, whatever. Those could be those could be minor things. Yeah, sometimes mental illness can happen. But what I think it is, is it's an H word and it's hate. Yeah. Why people do that is they, they, there's hate in people's hearts. And I'm going to say it as a Christian at this table, the Bible is very specific that what goes into your heart, what goes into your mind comes out. Mm-hmm. And out of the overflow and, of the heart. Yeah, and, 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 and I agree with that. I don't agree with every little word in the Bible, but I really agree with that. If you're so fixated on hate and you hate everything, everything that someone does or that people do, you hate, that's going to come out as vile viciousness and, and whatever. And some people just can't handle it. And the only way that they can handle it is to do hateful and evil things and, and it's murder and, and it's the murdering of innocent people and I know I kind of went on a tangent and that's really all that I want to say is just I don't I don't think as Americans we want to change it because if we wanted to change it it would have happened a heck of a long time ago it would have it would have happened 20 years ago it would have happened after Columbine if yeah. Australia which is a first world country it's very smart very intellectual people one massive issue happens, one massive shooting happens, reform. There was that massive one, I think, in Norway a number of years ago where someone opened fire on a camp. Massive gun reform. Americans, it's like every, they say it's literally one every other day you have a shooting. And it doesn't have to be a mass shooting of like 30 or 40 people. It could be like two people got shot in the shopping center. That's that's two people too many. 
Yeah. But I just think our as as Americans, it's in our DNA and even a lot of times as religious people, well as long as it doesn't affect me, like I was just saying a little bit ago, or my family, why do I care? And that's a fundamental problem is as Americans we don't care for our fellow human beings. We care about ourselves and our immediate family, and that's it. Yeah. That's it. It's interesting, too, with, like, the, the stats we're talking about, like, with other countries, you know, who are, uh, you know, first world like us, looking at the at the list, you know, like, zero, 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 and then we're 200 and something. It's like, it's the whole, like, causation versus correlation thing. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe you can write that off to... X, Y, and Z, but we can't ignore the fact that this is an absurd statistic. Like, there is something going on here. Are we going to say something? Well, and I'm just thinking a lot of those countries are, you know, much smaller than mm-hmm. we are, but that still. Yeah, proportionally. <laughs> proportionally, they're smaller, but still, it's like so many people have died. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mass shooting, I want to say that it's like, that they define mass shooting as like three or more people killed. I want to say, or maybe it's four. Okay. I can't remember. I have no idea. Red, sorry if I'm wrong. I apologize, but um, so the, the 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 times where it's you know just a couple people, those aren't counted as mass shootings. Mm. So you look at it. There's probably more happening. I mean, I think I read online so many people were killed in Chicago. They had to shut down the hospitals. They had to shut down the hospitals. Just this past weekend, because there were so many people Jeez. that were shot in Chicago. Now that also says something. Yeah, and that's not even mass shootings. That's just people shooting each other because, you know, of whatever reason. Who knows? I don't know enough about what's going on. But Chicago has been like that for a long time. Well, and this also kind so. of can parlay into our last conversation that we had a while back. Is is everything's meaningless? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, you know, and I, re- I listened back to our last episode today at work, and I think that there's, for a lot of people, and it could be in an urban city like Chicago, it could be in the rural farm fields of Iowa or South Dakota or North Dakota, people don't have meaning in their lives. Yeah. And you can make whatever meaning you want, you know. Yeah. Whether that be your family, whether that's just living your best life, whatever it may be. But we have so much pressure in our society to be the best at whatever, you know, whatever it is. You have to be this kind of parent. You have to be this kind of student. You have to have this kind of job. And when you don't hit those markers, you feel like you're a it's, failure it's and really, you, you spiral down or, you know... Suicide is so high. Yeah, and I mean, there's so many fundamental problems, and I'm not just trying to, you know, say, oh, life sucks, and that's why people do bad things. No, I don't think that, but there is so many things in in our lives where people don't have meaning, and I think Mm -hmm. that can do a huge thing where people are like, I'm I'm living this aimlessness life, and is anybody going to care if I'm gone or if I'm here? And maybe that's what gets into their head, and they do this. And but I think it goes back to also the hate, where hate breeds hate. I mean, just look mm-hmm. at World War Two. At it was one man's hate. It was Adolf Hitler's hate for the Jewish people, and he, uh, with a propaganda and with all the lies and all the, the evilness, 
he duped an entire nation and in half the world just with that hate. And I think that's the unfortunate story of what happened, but it's a powerful story because it's like this was one individual's hate for a group of people, and he went with it. And you can see that on, on a monumental scale at what it can do. And we're seeing in our country, I think, of our love of violence, our love of guns, our love of blood in every level. Why is it that the most popular movie in America this last weekend was Hobbs and Shaw? Which is from, it's a spinoff of Fast and Furious, and it's literally the whole movie from beginning to end is nonstop violence. And I, I mean, I saw it. I'm going to be guilty and say I saw it, but I can disassociate what's real and what's fake. Yeah. But so many people can't. Yeah. It brings up a lot of questions. That's, that's really good. Great rant, Brian. Lots Sorry. Of, no, it was I'm great. It really was. I'm not. I'm not being sarcastic at all. I don't mean. To, well, I do mean to make you a little bit self-conscious because I'm teasing you because I knew it would bother you. But that, honestly, you brought up a lot of really good points there, man. It's like it kind of makes me wonder: Is there? Because you always hear people saying. You know, uh, Trump didn't bring all this racism to America. It was already there, but he's just emboldening them. But then, so that kind of raises the question, is there a parallel between Trump, Trump's relationship with the Proud Boys and Hitler's relationship with the Nazi youth? You know, like, were there always Nazis there and, hit, and Hitler emboldened them to step forward? Like, did, did, like you said, Brian, he duped everyone. Did he dupe everyone, or was that always there? Or is it, like, some in-between, you know, middle ground? What and then also with... with go, I'm sorry. Just what is the... What the the, the Proud, Proud Boys. Boys. Yeah, can you tell me what Yeah, that sure. No, for, yeah, so it's this, like, uh, non-centralized, it's like a movement, I guess, of these people, these young men who go into, like, bars and stuff, they call themselves the Proud Boys, and they find, like, LGBTQIA plus people, or, like, uh, you know, um, marginalized people by, you know, race or whatever, and they just beat the shit out of them, pretty much. And they. This is happening. Yeah, it's happening. It's been That's happening. That's horrible. Yeah, and they, they directly associate themselves with with uh, you know I guess Trump ish politics and with uh, they they all love Trump. That's that may and I don't, I'm not saying Trump endorses them, but they all love him. And you can see my face. My mouth is yeah. wide open right now because this is. No, it's real. They, they find they find minorities of, of whatever. Absolutely awful. Yeah, and they, that. Oh gosh! I, okay, I'm gonna. They're shitheads. Yes, they are because come at me, proud boys. That is you not the shit out of me, but I'm gonna get a couple swings in on you. Yeah. Come after me. Yeah, Fuck them. Oh, yeah, but don't don't ask for it. <laughs> Sorry. What is what was the rest of your point? Oh yeah, and then I was just gonna say uh, with the whole violence in the media thing, it's really interesting how we we yeah. I'm glad that we have the ability to compartmentalize. And to separate these things, but at the same time, we are being desensitized to violence. And I grew up in a very conservative fundamentalist home, but like my mom would freak out and like uh, put her hand over my eyes whenever a sex scene came on TV or whenever, you know, God forbid, two men held hands or something like that. But then if it was like, you know, super violent, like I saw Saving Private Ryan when it came out in theaters. I don't even know what year that was. I was definitely too young. I was, it was like R rated, you know, and I was too young to see it by myself. What was it? It was like 98, I think. Yeah. 98 or so. Somewhere, so was, somewhere in the late 90s. Yeah, so I was probably like around, you know, 9 or 10 years old. You should not have been seeing that movie at that age. Yeah, but but I was taken, I believe, I may be wrong here, but I know I saw it at a very young age. I was taken to see very violent films like that. I don't want to uh, to make my parents look bad or anything like that, but uh, at the same time, I am saying that 
to them and 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 well, what they then pass on to me, yeah, was this assumption that violence, like once you're around, you know, a, a preteen or like around puberty-ish, you can be exposed to this violence, but like, like still to this day, you see a my mom on gets, yeah, my mom gets very uncomfortable if we're in the same room and like, yeah, a, a booby comes on or. Like everybody freaked this, out at, at the Super Bowl. Oh uh, right, yeah, yeah, the nip slip. Yeah, but and like this is this is a t- I don't want to dwell on this because we're talking about a very serious subject. But it's kind of funny to me though. Uh, some of my mom's favorite shows, like she and I, one of the things we do is like we'll sit around after a long day and whenever I'm in town or even over Skype you, on Skype, you can screen share and watch shows with each other. But like we'll sit down and watch a funny comedy, and there's a handful of shows that are like in her top five favorite shows of all time. That some episodes she'll say, "Kill, this is too gay," and she'll turn it off because it's like a gay character or something like that, and she'll just like turn it off. Like, this is too gay, and turn it off. But then like violent scenes, and it's not even like you know, it's nothing near uh, you super inappropriate like sex scenes. Just the fact that two characters are in love who aren't of her preferred sexual preference of her preference of preference but it's just funny to me how we get desensitized to certain things and then I don't know I wonder if that does bleed into our tolerance for a lack of anti-gun policies well and I I have it does I have a lot of well a couple close friends that live in Europe and Europe will show nudity like crazy not like obviously inappropriate like pornographic ways but you'll open, like, a newspaper or, like, a magazine that you can, for free, that you can get, like, at the train stop, and you'll see breasts in there because they're, like, every woman in the world has breasts. Everyone has probably seen breasts. It's not something that you should be ashamed of. Like, all women have these body parts. All men have these body parts. Yes, should you not show a little child, like, a grown-up, adult naked no you shouldn't that's totally inappropriate but like you were saying like other cultures will look and be like well the human body's natural that's normal that's how we are violence is not normal and people will say well yeah violence is normal if someone hits me I should hit you back I would say to them what did Jesus say turn the other cheek Jesus taught if you're a Christian Jesus taught nonviolence. he taught if someone hurts you don't don't return the favor. If someone punches you, turn the other cheek. That that means like, hey, take a hit. You know, get get hit, whatever. Um, but other cultures get so irate over Americans because of our love of violence and our glorification of it. And I mean, just see how many movies that that come out every week that is predominantly violent. I mean, it's staggering. It's staggering. It is staggering. I guess because I don't see a lot of violent movies, I guess I don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Because I get motion sickness in movie theaters. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't do that. So. Well, and, and I and I think I'm still dwelling on this the the, the, the prop boy thing. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, I think we should put a pin in it now. I guess just because we could keep going for. I mean, this isn't a conversation that. Yeah. Can easily be talked about in an hour or let alone five or six hours but I do want to say one thing it was more yeah. shocking 20 years ago when it happened yeah. you know, to speak to that yeah. de- desensitization yeah. Des- desensitization yeah yep. there we go pronouncing words it's been a long day so cool. when it comes to the, I think I think we have been and yeah. I think that that's a great point and I so that's why you know I'm kind of going off 
of what you're saying, Brian. Yeah. We really have yeah. been. Think how big of news it was when Columbine happened. Oh, I mean, it was a dirty that, word. Columbine was a dirty word. The fact yeah. that we're still talking about it and it mm-hmm. happens. 99, and, 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. And uh, not to minimize, not to even think about minimizing Columbine, and also at the same time saying, like, well, hmm, maybe it's still going on, and maybe maybe uh, it has it is perpetuating, or has been, whatever that was, whatever seed that was, call it hate, call it ignorance, call it desensitization, you know, it is it is being, being perpetuated well, and it- by something. Well, and it's interesting because when I was in high school, we all agreed that it wouldn't actually happen at a school like mine. Yeah. Even though we had shootings, they were just smaller scale ones. But mm. because I went to school in the inner city, there wasn't like that culture of us versus them, you know, like the other, because everybody was different. Like we were all over the city. There were so many immigrants and people that were all different races and religious backgrounds. And so nobody, there wasn't like that one popular group because we all came from everywhere. Right. And so it didn't make sense that something like that would happen, at least when you look at it from like, you know, they were the outcasts and they right, shot sure. up everybody. Yeah. Maybe from other perspectives, like violent or mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. maybe, but not, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, this will maybe be a good uh, segue to roll us into recommendations. Have you guys seen, have you all, I'm working on that. Have you all seen the show, uh, The Dairy Girls? No, no, I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. it. On Netflix? It's a uh, British show, right? Uh, it's it's uh, Irish, actually. It's all Irish, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's in uh, northwestern Ireland, I think, kind of near-ish to Belfast. Is it during the Troubles? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's interesting because it's like, like you were saying, Kayleen, in your school, there weren't necessarily in that demographic minorities because everyone was from all over the place. Mm-hmm. But, like, so... It seems as people we, we, we seem to create minorities even when there aren't any. So like it's it's about the conflict you know between in, during the troubles between the Catholics and the Protestants in Ireland. But it's like these people all you know are quote unquote Christians you know profess belief in the same book and the same deities and the same prophets, yeah. and they're literally killing, killing each other, murdering each other over these differences they're, they're in the south we have a phrase borrowing trouble they're creating conflict where no conflict exists or has to exist exactly. and so it's just in, it's uh, it's, a, it's a great show it's a, I would say it's a, a comedy or a dramatic comedy it's it's definitely has a really you know comedic beats and rhythm to it but at the same time it's like the last episode of season one um, when I first saw that was a bit of a tearjerker for me and then the new season kind of picks up where it left off and it's it's very uh, very potent I would say so that I'll roll that in and say that's my recommendation oh and if you want something just to laugh about take the edge off I would recommend a podcast called Do You Know Who Jason Siegel Is <laughs> by uh, Brendan Walsh oh, I was and gonna Nick say, Thune I was going to say is it by Jason Siegel because <laughs> <laughs> no, that is something he would do so. yeah He's actually not associated at all with the podcast. It's just a, it's, it's like a crank call show, but it's it's very it, it really is it's su- it's super silly, but it's it's kind of an intelligent show. And if you need something to distract you from all this craziness, then that's an option. Kaylee, you can go. Do you go mind? Ahead. I'm gonna jump in, um, and I think my recommendations are appropriate because Brian and I have probably gone back and forth from the table to the living room 
collectively about a dozen times to play with our daughter or get her something. Ava, do not touch the TV. It's not touch screen. <laughs> and our kid, our kid thinks the TV is a touch screen, like, like the tablet or the phone, and she's only two, and yes, she knows how to use all that, and I don't She's care. trying to click on the TV screen she right is, now. She's trying, to <laughs> trying to drag a character over to um, But two shows that I recommend, they're both on Netflix, and they both just came out a week or two ago, and it's the second season for both of them that have to do with parenting, specifically motherhood. Um, one is Working Moms. It's a Canadian show. It's very Love funny. Love Canadian. It's it kind of centers around a group where it's kind of like a tot time thing where they have like their group they're discussing things with, and you have some moms that are working full time, some part time. You know, the mom who's staying at home, who's like the you know Pinterest do everything, you know, has it all together mm-hmm. type thing. Type A, and it's just. It's just really real and honest and some mothers who are like, I don't feel like I meant to be a mother that, you know, I shouldn't, I should have never been a mother. Different career choices. So that is very funny. And then the other show is um, Australian. It's called The Letdown, um, which it's a play on words if... Anyone knows anything about breastfeeding or has ever breastfed a child, you know that that is a term um, regarding nursing. But um, it's a first-time mom, and it starts out with her going to, like, one of these mom groups where she's like, I totally don't fit in. You know, I think I left my kid in the stroller outside, and I got to go get them. I don't have it together. Her husband's commuting for a job, and... So she's just trying to work everything out, and as you can hear in the background... You know, a child needing all these things, and then as soon as I go to her, she ignores me. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, they're both really good shows. They both have their second season that just came out, so I would highly recommend both of them. And the episodes are only like 20, 25 minutes long, so especially if you have kids and you don't have that much time. Um, you know, if you don't have time for an hour-long show, but like a 20, 25-minute show... But depending on the age of your kids, yes, there is swearing in it. So if your kids are picking up on that stuff, you might want to watch it without them. If they're little babies, yeah, I I watched all kinds of stuff. We watched Game of Thrones and it around our, (laughs) you know, our infant, you know, one-year-old and... We we watched it and and she thought it was funny. She was laughing, but I mean... So... Is is the letdown Netflix also? Yes, that's that's Netflix as well, but... Yeah, I would say uh, check those out. My two recommendations, uh, one's a documentary that's on Netflix. It was really good. Um, And that Netflix uh, documentary is called Knock Down the House, and it's about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who won in the 14th Congressional District of New York, which is the Bronx. And that was a monumental upset. Um, and, and the documentary is it goes, it interviews and it follows over the course of their um, primaries um, four women across the country. They follow Cortez in New York. They follow another, um, and they were all female candidates. Uh, another one in West Virginia, one in St. Louis. And then one in Las Vegas, and 
it's just really fascinating to it was and, it, and what it was it was all like progressive Democrats taking on the status quo Democrats and it's just really fascinating because you get to you see all this like negativity in the news right now about Ocasio-Cortez and she's just this young stupid person that doesn't know what they're doing and when you watch the documentary it really lets you know that this woman knows what she's talking about and she's not a career politician and she was in college and she came from a poor family and she was a waiter it was just a fascinating um, documentary it's only an hour and a half you can get it done in one sitting Um, and the other one um, is more of a fun show you can probably binge it in a day if you want, maybe two days. Um, but it's an art; it's more of an arti- artiste type thing. Um, it's on Netflix. It's called Blown Away, and it has to do with um, glass making. Oh, that's and, cool! And it's really fascinating because it's. I, I appreciate artists of all kinds, but after watching that show. It's really made me have an appreciation for artwork that's specifically made out of glass and just and I and the main, I knew this but I forget but like glass is predominantly made out of sand. Yeah. And is. when you look at sand and it's clear you're like what? Like you knew you like in your head you know like yeah, I do know. I mean, that's science 101 when you're a kid. But then you're like it, but taking some of these things like I'm looking right now at the pane of glass in my in my apartment window and to be like that's sand but not just that but someone could take the chemicals and the materials that that's made out of and turn it into this ornate beautiful artiste work and it's it's 10 episodes it's a competition show so certain people you know get voted out and stuff but there's 10 episodes and all the episodes are like 20 around 25 minutes long no commercials obviously so you could get like two done in an hour but I highly recommend it. It's it, every every episode is very cool, immersive, understanding with art and glass blowing, and you kind of are like, I want to learn how to glass blow, and then when you realize they have all been doing it for 15, 20, 30 years, you're like, mm, maybe not. Yeah, I don't have that much time to give. But so yeah, that one's called Blown Away, and I would recommend that. Nice. We good? We out? Okay. Kayleen? Oh, Kayleen, go. I feel like I say the same thing all the time, but that's okay. First of all, I, I finished watching Orange is the New Black. I watched the last season, and it was actually very pertinent to what's been going on with the immigration situation because they have a lot of it set in uh, in an ICE detention center. Is it and, really? I haven't even oh started Oh, my goodness. Yet. Well, if there's, the nakedness gets better later on. There's not nearly as much I don't later on. I know you're not, but... <laughs> But but I'm just saying for for some people yeah, they sure. they don't they don't they stop watching it because there was so it was so much mm-hmm. you know but the the last season really does focus on and it's very I feel like it's very pertinent to what's happening That's in our really country cool. today wow. so and then um, finished Jane the Virgin yeah Amanda and I watched it together and it was it was good so keep watching till the end it's good so. Ava, do you have a recommendation? What are you watching right now? What's on the TV? Boss, Boss, Boss baby. baby. And Pippa, right? Yes. Pippa the pig. Too. Peppa pig. Don't pacify so, me. You got to pay me. I don't know if it's been on both of them for a while or just switched over. But if anyone 
Fear Adults, No Judgment, or any kids have been obsessed with the movie Boss Baby, Netflix took the movie off, kept the show because it's a Netflix original, a um, couple months or however long ago, but I discovered that Hulu has the movie, and so our kid has been watching it on repeat. So that's Ava's recommendation. <laughs> nice. On that happy note. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for being part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, find us on social media at sacred underscore MN. That was a post-Christian podcast.